always God. In this world where it seems like everything changes all the time, it's good to know that there's something, that there's someone who doesn't. Malachi 3.6 says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change, like shifting shadows. There's, there's a stability there that, that makes such a difference for us. God doesn't change. You, you can count on him. Over the next few weeks, we'll be going, uh, we're, we're going to look specifically at, uh, at several ways that, that we can always count on God. He's always hearing, he's always seeing, he's always restoring, and, and today we're going to focus on the fact that God is always speaking. All of creation began with God speaking. Over and over again in Genesis chapter 1, we read the phrase, and God said, followed by a new aspect of creation that came into being, right? Oceans and land and trees and animals and people. God has always been speaking. He spoke directly uh, in scripture to certain people like, like Adam and Eve and to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He spoke to Joseph in dreams. He, he spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to the wayward prophet Balaam through a donkey. God spoke to and through the prophets. He has spoken for centuries through the written word of God, the Bible. And maybe the best way God has spoken to his people has been through the living word of God, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things and through whom uh, also he created the world. So in a variety of ways and means, from the dawn of creation, God has been speaking. God is always speaking. Now, first off, that's pretty amazing. Our God is not silent. He's a communicative God. He wants to connect. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to find post-it notes all over your kitchen or anything like that, but, but it, it matters greatly in your spiritual life if you know, if you believe that God is always speaking. That makes a difference. I mean, if, if you didn't think that God was always speaking, then you wouldn't be expecting to hear him, and maybe that's the problem. Can I be so bold as to say that if you are not hearing God in your life, the problem is not that God is not speaking, it's that you're not listening. Now, maybe you're not trying, or or maybe you just don't know how, or or maybe it's a difficult season, but but you have to start with the deep-seated belief that God is always speaking. Now, I'm thinking if I asked, you'd you'd probably agree that listening to what God says is pretty important. Uh, I I bet that virtually all of you would agree that if you heard the voice of God and you knew it was the voice of God, then you would do your best to do what the voice of God said. Uh, We just struggle to hear him a lot of the time, right? If I knew what God wanted me to do, I'd do it. I just don't know what he wants. Heard the story of a of an older couple who was sitting uh, by the fire one evening, and and he looked over at her, and he was filled with with love and affection, and he said, "After all these years, I've found you tried and true." 
And his wife's hearing had been declining a bit and she wasn't wearing her hearing aids and so she said, what? And he repeated, after all these years, I've found you tried and true. To which she replied, after all these years, I'm tired of you too. Some of you maybe had that conversation this morning. No, I'm sure you didn't. I'm sure you didn't. Sometimes we have trouble hearing, right? It, it just, it's, and it's, if it's hard to hear somebody across between the two recliners, uh, it certainly can be a challenge to hear the voice of God. And because it's hard to hear him, many people assume that he's not speaking. But he is. God is always speaking. We, we could spend the next two months, I think, more than that, unpacking different ways that God has, has spoken in the past and how he speaks to us today. In fact, uh, we've, we've done series like that before. Uh, it's, it's actually one of the most popular questions that pastors get from people. How can I hear from God? Or usually it's, it's phrased, how can I know God's will for my life, right? It's, it's kind of one of those questions. Well, how, do I, how can I really hear what God is saying? I mean, many sermons have been preached and classes have been taught and books have been written on this subject. Uh, 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 the best book I've read, and if, if you want to dive into one, Mark Batterson has a great book called Whisper that I think gets to, it's readable and it's, it's accessible and it's right there and talks about seven specific ways that God speaks to us. And I, we even did a series uh, here, if you look it up, I don't know, years ago, a few years ago, uh, uh, you can, you can uh, hear some messages on that. Get, get, that, uh, get that book, read it, get, get other books, look up resources, do all the things. I, I'd encourage you to do all that. It's, it's, a, it's a burning thing. But, but today, rather than looking at all those specific things of hearing from God, I, I simply want to awaken you to the fact that God is always speaking. I think I've mentioned that a couple times already. I don't know if you're catching on. Uh, I think you and I miss out on so much when we're not listening. We get so distracted and God has so much to say. Psalm 32, 8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Well, what are the ways then that God guides us? If God is always speaking, what is he, say, what is he saying that's so all-fired important for us to listen to? Well, I, I think there's a lot of things. This is certainly not a, an, a, a, an exclusive list or a, an all-encompassing list, but one thing that God tells us uh, is, is morality, issues of morality, right? Uh, sin and holiness and, and, and how, to, how to live to please him, judgment for sin, e- things with eternal significance. Uh, God speaks to us about things that are, that are morally right and how we should live in, uh, in those things. Um, uh, I believe it's Dallas Willard who, who has written about... Uh, um, that God uh, most of the time speaks to us about how he wants us to be, not just what he wants us to do. And so uh, these issues, God is speaking to us about, about who he wants us to be, not just, uh, oh, turn left here, turn right here, go down to the stop sign. It, it, it's, it's about not what he wants us to do as much as who he wants us to be. So issues of morality, God is speaking to. Along those lines, also truth, uh, just a capital T truth, the truths of life, uh, how life works best. God is speaking to us, uh, his truth, the the, the truth of life, what is true for all time, for all circumstance, for all places, the, the, uh, the, the truths of God. He's speaking to us truth. 
He does speak to us direction, uh, the right decisions at the right times. Um, uh, we, uh, we, we come up uh, to certain situations and certain decisions, and we want to know where God wants us to go and what he wants us. He's speaking, and he, he's, uh, he's helping us to make those right decisions. Scripture also says that God is singing at times. God sings. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord is with you, uh, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Man, I wish, uh, I, I just, I don't know, a deep baritone voice. You think that's what that, what that sounds like? I, I, I haven't heard it audibly, but it, it's just that, that, that image of God is singing over us. What a, what a, what a, deep, rich uh, image that is. Maybe we can sum all this up by saying that God speaks his love. That's his native language, right? Uh, He is always speaking his love to it. Even in difficult things, even in convicting of of sin, his motive is always love. Uh, He is, uh, it's all because of his love for us. God is speaking. God is speaking. We're not always listening, But what he's saying has significance for our lives now and literally for eternity. Again, it's Dallas Willard who writes, Today I continue to believe that that people are meant to live in an ongoing conversation with God, speaking and being spoken to. Given who we are by basic nature, we live, really live, only through God's regular speaking in our souls and thus by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What God has to say can change our lives. God is always speaking, but he doesn't usually shout. Actually, most of the time, he whispers. You've heard of, maybe you've heard of Elijah before. He's a prophet in the Old Testament, did some amazing things for God, miraculous, incredible things. But, but then he had a breakdown and uh, he ran away and, and he found himself tired and depressed in a cave uh, halfway up the side of a mountain, miles from home. And, and I love this little passage in 1 Kings 19 as God begins to speak to Elijah. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13, the Lord said, go out and stand on the, mount, on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? We may tend to think that God is, is all about the dramatic, these loud expressions. And certainly at times, uh, God, I, I think it's Batterson that, that, that says that God has an outside voice. There are times when, when, uh, when he can uh, be dramatic and, and speak loudly. But when he really wanted to get Elijah's attention, he whispered. Have you ever tried to get people's attention in a, in a loud room? My first inclination is always to try to start yelling a little bit louder and try to yell over the crowd, and it, it never works. Uh, ju- you just uh, uh, add noise into the already noisy room, right? And, and nobody can really... Uh, uh, you, what I've found that tends to work better, since I haven't mastered the two-fingered whistle, which I think works really well, I don't think that God does the two-fingered whistle, I, I think uh, uh, what, what, what does work better is to actually get quieter, right? 
Um, I remember a teacher who would start giving instructions at the front of the classroom and, and she would talk about if, if uh, for all the students that were doing what she wanted them to do, there was a little treat, a little, and, but she would just be talking very slowly, very softly, and, very, and, and soon the, it would uh, filter through the, the rest of the class and they realized what was happening and they, got, they, got, they caught on and they got quiet. So God doesn't usually shout, he usually whispers. But why, why would he choose to whisper? Why can't he just yell down his instructions from heaven and, and let us know where to go and what to do? Hey, turn left, go there. I think this is, I, I think this is key to, uh, to how God, I think in how God works, there is a theological, there's some theological depth. He's not just whispering to be difficult. He's not just trying to keep things from us. He has a plan at work, and, and I think it's genius. He didn't ask me whether I thought it was genius. It's going to be genius either way, right? But, uh, but, but it's, it, I mean, if someone is whispering, then you usually try to lean in and get as close as you can, right? You, you, you get rid of distractions and other noises, and you probably try to look directly into the eyes of the person who's talking to you, and you watch their mouth as they form their words, anything to be able to hear what they're saying. If someone's yelling, what do we usually, well, we usually do the opposite, right? We kind of pull away, maybe we cover our ears, maybe we, we try to lean back because it's so loud. And, 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 but when someone's whispering, we lean in, we get quiet, we get close. And, and I think that maybe is the reason why God whispers. He wants us to get quiet, to turn down the other noises in our lives, to get rid of the distractions, and to lean in. He wants us to get close to him. God is not speaking. I think, I think we need to catch this. God is not speaking just to give you information. He's not just telling you what to do next. The goal of hearing God's voice is is to get as close as you can to God. Uh, Sure, there's information involved and there's direction involved, but the ultimate goal is intimacy with God. That is why God is always speaking. One of my favorite characters, maybe my favorite character in the Old Testament is, uh, is a guy named Samuel. He was a, a priest and a judge, and uh, he wasn't born into the priesthood. His, his mother uh, dedicated him to God at a very early age, and, and uh, he, he literally grew up serving in the temple uh, under the loose instruction of an old washed-up fat priest named Eli. It's all in the Bible. I'm not ripping on him. That's just who he was. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 10 describe uh, something that happened early on in, uh, in Samuel's life. Maybe you're familiar with this story, but I, I think it has some key things for us. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called out to Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am, and he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called, Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me, my son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. 
A third time, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And Eli said, for the love of Pete, what do you, no, he didn't, he didn't say that. May have thought it. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Let's look at that for a minute. It, it, first of all, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. I, I wonder why. Well, I, I don't think I, I, why was God especially silent during that time? It's because nobody was listening. Uh, right before this, in the book of Judges, uh, we, we see uh, several times listed that the people of Israel uh, weren't concerned with what God said. They were just doing what they wanted. It says, everyone did that which was right in their own eyes. They, they didn't care about what God was saying. They weren't interested in hearing the voice of God. They were just doing what they wanted. And, and that had extended even into the household of the priests. It appears that it had been a while even since Eli had heard from the Lord and, and he was the priest. His sons were sinful and selfish and, and Eli hadn't done anything to stop them. And, and although Samuel had been in the service of Eli in the temple, it says that he did not yet know the Lord. Now I'm thinking, I'm wondering, I just maybe it would be part of the initial orientation. If you're coming to serve in the temple, you probably should know Jesus, right? No, you shouldn't, well, not Jesus wasn't. You should know God. You should know the Lord. It should be part of the, it's the orientation I mean, HR wasn't really on top. It, it, to work here, you probably should know God. Let's, let's deal with that. But they didn't done that. Samuel was just hanging out there, but he, he didn't yet know God. So when he, when he heard someone calling out to him, it didn't register with Samuel that it might be God. And after three times of bugging the old priest, Eli finally realized what might be happening and he gave Samuel what I believe is some of the best advice in all of Scripture. This old, washed up, almost blind, not all that faithful priest gave Samuel a six-word prayer that changed his life. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. There's, there's a, in that, there's a desire to hear from God. You're, you're answering. You're not saying, I don't want to hear this. You're, go ahead, speak. I, I want to hear this. You, you, will, you will most likely not hear from God if you don't want to. He probably isn't going to come out of the blue and hit you upside of the head, although I'm sure, I know that that's happened uh, every once in a while in history, but uh, 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 God doesn't usually shout. We usually hear God when we have the desire to hear him when we're when we're listening there's that desire to hear from god that's that's part of this this prayer speak lord it also said uh, i'm listening god will speak if we're listening not only does this prayer express our desire to hear but it also shows our posture of of humility and openness we're ready to listen to what god says and really listening is is really hard i mean in people that we interact with every day. It's really hard. You've probably been like me and you've been in a conversation and, and, and you're, you're kind of listening or it looks like you're listening but your mind starts to wander. Maybe you continue with uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh but your mind is a mile away or, or uh, maybe the game is on or, or something popped up on your phone and you know you need to kind of look at it while you're listening uh-huh, uh-huh or maybe, I don't know, there's a, there's a squirrel, whatever. You get distracted. Uh, maybe uh, you're, you're thinking about all 
all the awesome, cool things that you're going to say once this person finally shuts their mouth so you can say what's important, right? You're, it, really listening is, is difficult. And so I think, uh, I think recognizing and praying this I'm listening is a key component here. That the instruction uh, um, in the, by the psalmist in Psalm 46.10 is, is key. Be still, right? Be still and know that I'm God. Be still, get quiet. Uh, quiet the other voices in your life, the other noises, the other distractions. God, I'm listening. When we were uh, blessed to be in Belgium this past winter, we toured a castle. Yeah, we're those guys. We hang out in castles, so... You can, be, you can be jealous if you want to. No, just kidding. We, we had a, a, a great time. We went to a, a castle one morning and had, you know, been around for hundreds of years and, and had a moat and turrets and all this stuff. And uh, uh, we, we came to a, a little room inside one of those turrets upstairs and, and the round walls and the domed ceiling and it's built of, of rocks that are just laid just so and, and uh, just, I mean, thick wall and all the things. And, and I remember looking around and, and uh, uh, someone said something and... And uh, there was a conversation going on, and, and so I turned to be, a, to be a part of that conversation. I turned, and there was nobody there. No, this isn't a ghost story. Um, I, I turned, and there was nobody there, but the people that I thought were in conversation, uh, and, and I could join, they were literally 20 feet away across the room on the other side. And, and the, the way that the room was constructed with the domed uh, and, the, and the round walls, uh, you know, you could literally uh, virtually whisper something on the other side of the room, and if you were in the right place, you could hear it like it was inches from your ear. Uh, it, was, uh, it, it was, I don't know, we, we played with it for a while. People would talk over here and talk and say, and we could hear, and, and it was fun. And I've been in a few other places. Maybe you've been to places like that. Some places are, are constructed just for that purpose, uh, just to be, uh, be cool and, and all those things. But uh, I, I guess maybe we could call those, I don't know, listening places, Spots where you can hear better. And maybe, maybe we need to create listening places in our spiritual lives, in our relationship with God. We need places, or not just physical places, although that might be important, but situations, times, where we quiet the noise around us so that we can hear the still, small voice of God, the whisper of God. It might be a physical location, like a, a certain room where you pray or, or a path in the woods where you quiet your heart. It might be on the go, uh, but you intentionally quiet the distractions. Maybe in your, your commute, you turn off the radio and, and you intentionally pray and listen. It might be certain time every day where, where you meet with God and, and you quiet yourself. If, if you don't have any listening places, then maybe that's your, your takeaway today. Uh, create something, a place, a time, a, uh, the situation, the circumstance where you can be still and then in that place, in that time, speak Lord, pray the prayer, speak Lord, your servant is listening. I think another part of that, that uh, short prayer that's real important is, is that we, we, uh, we acknowledge that we're God's servant, your servant is listening. God will speak not only if we're listening, but he'll speak if we're obeying right Samuel was was ready to obey whatever God said even before he knew what God was going to say he, he, God doesn't usually waste his time giving instructions to people who aren't going to follow through 
So many times I think we want God's will for our lives so we can consider it along with 14 other options. God isn't speaking in order to give us one of many options. He's looking for servants who are ready to obey. So Samuel's willingness to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, changed the trajectory of his life. The influencing factor in his life was no longer his own desires or plans or even the desires and plans of Eli the priest. Uh, Samuel was serving the Lord and would do what he said. Later in that same chapter, we see that God blessed Samuel because of his willingness to listen. Uh, Verse 19 uh, and then, uh, then carrying over even into the next chapter. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Remember, it, uh, the, the, the word of the Lord was rare. Until there was somebody who dared to pray a six-word prayer, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And, and because of that, now Lord reveal, uh, the Lord revealed himself, continued to reveal himself to Samuel uh, through his word. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. Because Samuel prayed that six-word prayer, it changed the trajectory of his life. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And I wonder if the same could be true for you. I wonder if you prayed those six words, if you spent time each day in a, in a listening place, if you were still. I just wonder what God would do in your life, what God would do with your life. I wonder what God is trying to say to you because God is always speaking. God doesn't change. He's always speaking. He always has been. He wants you to hear him, but he usually doesn't shout. He usually whispers. So lean in, get quiet, and get close.